Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome Welcome to to Ditch Ditch the the Script. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hello, puppet. Hello. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a bit of a week. You know, my my boyfriend is in excruciating pain. um, And what's annoying for him is like it comes in these really severe waves. And so he hasn't eaten anything. He hasn't slept. um, You know, and now he's fasting because he has uh, to go get some more imaging Mm. done. So it's just been a bit of a roller coaster over here in the household, but we're keeping on. Isn't it? Isn't being part of the U.S. medical system just an absolute dream among dreams? Yeah, our, well, and I was telling you this the other night when it happened, but like our experience with the ER was, I, I, I've heard of horror stories in, you know, with doctors, but I've never experienced them firsthand. And I was flabbergasted Mm. like just completely flabbergasted even jordan like we left and he was like i saw your cat claws come out for a little bit it was hot because like i'm usually so easygoing and like you know overly apologetic and like thank you and like oh my gosh you know whatever Mm -hmm. and i am like you are but this doctor was so dismissive like she she was like it's just constipation go home and he's like this isn't just constipation like i can't eat I've in like the, and everything else, you know, and, but she, and then she got to the point to where even if we did an ultrasound, it wouldn't even change the way we treat you. Cause we're not going to treat you unless it's severe enough that you have a, a, you're vomiting or there's an obstruction. And I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so Jordan was just like, so I have to basically wait to be like in the process of dying and poisoning my internal body for you to like give a damn, you know? Yeah. And look, I'm trying to like give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like reaching like, okay, I heard some girl screaming like exorcist screams. So like clearly there was a trauma patient in the back and like, we're going to give the doctor some grace, but it just is really heartbreaking for me that if that's really a policy of an ER situation, like why? Yeah. Like, what is the point? You know, like we're there to prevent ourselves from getting to death's door. So Absolutely. moral of this story as well is like, listen to your body. Like Jordan was like, no, this doesn't feel like your regular schmegular constipation experience. This is more challenging than that. Yeah. So pseudo dad, oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm so, so thankful for him because i try and keep it together. But he, like, for those of you who know me a little bit, my pseudo dad, who was not my biological father at all, but very much adopt me just because of mm-hmm. our connection and like, you know, whatever, sorry for another day, but he's a doctor. And so we called him and he got the ultrasound and we are thankful that we were able to get in this soon. Cause I know I was telling you, Brie, like earliest appointment would have been November. And it's mm-hmm. like, Like I said, Jordan hasn't been eating. Like, Mm. even liquids give him excruciating pain. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, he also got us some great painkillers so Jordan can get a little bit of sleep in. So, you know, he's a little loopy, (laughs) but I'm just, you know, we're just on the right track now. So I'm, I'm really thankful for the people in my life. And like, it really is a testament that like everything happens for a reason, mm. you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know him if I didn't have an old job of mine. Yeah. Like, there's just so many things that you can track back. Like if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have right. the access to him and that help and support today. Something, something else you had mentioned when we were just like chatting this week, cause this was a really hard week for you. It's just like the fact that you're even here right now is a commitment that you've made and and you're showing up and, and it says a lot about your character and your work ethic, but also your like commitment to this thing that we're doing, which is, it's great. But what I was going to say is like, we were chatting and you were like, this is the perk of one of the many perks of owning my own business because I'm able to like run around, flex my schedule, 
take my boyfriend to the ER, like, uh, rearrange my plans, like call doctors, like do what I got to do, call in my resources because you're on your right. time. <laughs> yes. I Major. will say, and this is actually, yeah. And I, I am, I'm super duper thankful, but there's been a little bit of light shed on some work that I still need to do. Um, mm. Because I feel very guilty approaching my clients and being like, hey, I need to move you because of what's going on in my life. Like, I actually just had to do that earlier today, and I was putting off doing it and trying to figure out how I could make, you know, an hour-long trip to get, like, 30 minutes there, drop him off, 30 minutes back, see the client, go back to pick up Jordan. Come, Like, I was really trying to make that happen because, obviously, Jordan can't drive himself. He's on some serious drugs. So, <laughs> it's... I was avoiding doing it because I was like, I can make this work. And then this morning I was like, Alex, stop trying to be an overachiever right now. Like you need to see to your partner's needs. Like he, you know, so I feel a lot of guilt with approaching my clients and making that request of like, you know, I'm unable to see you at your scheduled time today, but can we move you later? Can we move you tomorrow? Do you need, are you comfortable skipping the week? I feel a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. And, um, Jordan being the partner he is, is like, baby, you don't need to do it. Like, I'll figure it out. I'll Uber there. And I'm like, nah, (laughs) like this, this is good exercise for me on getting comfortable having these conversations and getting rid of this like self-projected guilt, you know, so this, like, this is your family emergency. I know. And you get to have those. Everyone gets to have them. Your clients get to have them too. Yeah. And it's funny because like when I started this business, like, you know, I don't know if you know, but Jordan was literally the person who was like, you should just be a relationship coach. This was all his idea because he was like, you do this for free. You're so great at it. Why don't you make it a business? Yeah. And so that's what happened over COVID. And him and I used to have intense conversations when I was first starting this process. And one of the things we always said was like, I want to be available to my kids. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to have to be like, do I stay home with my sick kid or do I, you know, go to work and try and and get a sitter? Like, I don't ever want to be that. Like, I want to be available. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, wait, that also applies to my partner, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was kind of the, that's the work I'm doing right now on myself, like being super transparent as an entrepreneur, learning how to be flexible with my schedule and communicate in a timely manner with my clients on what's going on and giving them options, you know, for their treatment. So I'm not leaving them hanging, Mm. you know, but it's a skill. So that's what I'm working on. But I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because, uh, this is something that you know that you need to work on and that you're trying to hold yourself accountable to now. And now you've fully expressed it on a recording. So we have this audio file to say, but you said this. So when are you doing it? (laughs) So we're going to hold you accountable. The Ditch ditch the Script community is going to hold you accountable for this growth. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) We have you. We got you. But, and I appreciate that. I really do. I think for me, I definitely know the way that I work is like, if I know I have to answer to somebody, <laughs> I get it done, you know? So yeah. And now it's we're doing us. it. We're watching. Yes. <laughs> all right. But let's talk about our bachelorette. It's time oh, for the batch breakdown, the baby. Batch break down, 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 down. I don't know yeah. what sound effect that is, but I need it. Yeah, and it's it's freaking great. It's We're going to go with it. Um, yeah. this, was, so, this was exciting. This was a really fun first episode. What did you think about it? Oh, my God. I, I have so many notes. Like, so I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. So many notes. Oh, wow. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to... I want to hear your opinion on a few Mm. things I Mm -hmm. saw and like, obviously there were a lot of little laughs and like, I, I think if, if we have one takeaway from this first episode, it's that Michelle is starting off on the right foot and is basically practicing everything I preach to my clients. You're here. So like, yeah, you're here. That's so proud. That's actually exactly what I was thinking about. 
Um, when I was watching it, uh, we'll get into this in a little bit more detail about what she actually did that made us both feel this way. Cause I think we're talking about the same thing. But mm-hmm. when I was watching this moment, this particular moment that's in my head, I was thinking, this is what Kiever and I talk about all the time. This is what she gets yeah. on her social medias and try to, it tries to share as like helpful resources all the time. And I yeah. loved actually seeing that in popular mainstream media. Me too. Oh. I want to just celebrate her. Go Michelle. Go Michelle. She was fierce. Like, yeah. She was so fierce and she did not, she was her through and mm-hmm. through. And I'm just so, I'm really thankful that it's a mainstream media that, like you said, is demonstrating this. And it's just, the proof is in the pudding, mm-hmm. man. Like the way that she calls it out she's quick she's clear she's concise like you know she's she's um confidently i don't know if stern is the right word but she's very like this is where i'm at and she owns it there's no fluff Mm. she's not wishy-washy that's right but yet respectful Respectful. so i'm really really excited to kind of unpack all of the things yeah wait well before we move on why don't we sort of take this moment to give some context about this. This, this was probably like a highlight of the episode for me, even though it was the most like dramatic moment, um, of why you and I are having the shared feeling about Michelle and like all of her absolute queenness. So the guy's name was Ryan, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. And we'll talk about him more because he's like a case study in and of himself. I so agree. Yes. But if we just isolate the behavior, so basically um, what happens is, and this is a spoiler alert, so if you haven't watched it yet and you're listening to this and you want to watch it, sorry, we're about to spill some effing tea. Sorry. Okay. Yes, we are. So Ryan comes in and he, first of all, his introduction, uh, outside of getting to know him a little bit in, in like the, I don't know, the package the i'm shirtless on a tractor yes exactly thank you i was gonna describe it as like the foreplay of the episode but that was really helpful as well yeah yeah jordan used to be in film and he is dedicated to watching this with me every week Mm. um and so he in the film industry those like intros apparently are called video packages packages. love that that's what I mean by package, not as meat and potatoes, lady. I, I really, really mean video package. because no, we saw his not, meat and potatoes, and I did not like it. <laughs> no. um, okay, so he, so when he introduces himself to Michelle, he hops out of an ice cream truck. He jumps out of an ice cream truck, yeah. and at first I was like, my dude, you're going to get out of an ice, ice cream truck, and you're not even holding one singular ice cream? I'd send yeah. him right back. I'd say, uh, turn around. So he gets out of his ice cream truck and he definitely has this like suave mentality that he's walking in with and she likes him. She's struck by him. Oh, and then we come to find out that, um, the host Tasia, what's her other friend's name? Um, Caitlin Bristow, which by the way, I am the biggest KB fan. Like Mm. we could maybe have a whole other topic on that, but like, I freaking love her. Yeah, I, She's I'd great. love to know more about her in the future because I've really only, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really late to watching these series, yeah. so I don't have a relationship with her outside of hosting, which has been yeah. interesting. But she's hysterical. She's yeah. hysterical. So basically, yeah. Tasia and KB had, in, in the beginning of the episode, they had gone into some of the hotel rooms of some of these guys. Um, Ryan is one of the guys that they sort of explore their hotel room and yeah. they notice that he has like a lot of notes and they are finding it fishy. And that's really all we get to know about it. And then take, um, I'm sorry, Michelle meets him. She likes him. She's like a little bit, she's a little swept off of her feet. Like he's doing something to her. And then yeah. Tasia and KB pull her for a chat. They pull, they yeah. pull her for the warning chat and they're like, girl, yeah. Don't trust this guy. We saw that we saw these notes. They seemed really suspicious. Do something. And then she decides to pull Ryan for a chat. Right. Help me understand what she did in that moment, Miss Coach. What did she do? <laughs> okay, like let me just open and consult my notes because I wrote like a paragraph <laughs> about this because 
Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, um, when they pull her, I love that they're very direct about like what they saw. Great job. Quick, concise communication. And then my whole point is like, this is why ladies, this is why when you have an inkling, when you hear something that's not off, you want to do it as soon as possible. You want to confront it. Like I'm constantly telling clients, like you need to, I know it's uncomfortable. Let's just start yeah. there. Pump the yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. And the reason that when we are speaking up for ourselves, when we're asking clarifying questions to gain more insight on a situation or a behavior or anything like that, we freak ourselves out because subconsciously we know there's a risk of connection, mm. right? Like if I speak up, there's a potential for a negative reaction. Mm. Now, side note, if you are already scared of your partner's reaction, to asking a clarifying question that in and of itself is shedding light on the fact you don't feel safe Mm. with this person to communicate. Mm -hmm. All right. So that if that's you, something to think about, Mm -hmm. but you want to get, you want to nip this in the bud as soon as possible because you don't want to be wasting time. Right. And not only that, when we withhold our words and just start the overanalyzing, overthinking, ruminating on whatever happened, we, start to self-sabotage in the sense that it it tends to instigate our crazy right Right. our own form of crazy whether that's we're lurking seven years back exes and like what they looked like where they went all of that or we're blowing up their phone and calling them 85 times and so i'm really proud that michelle was just like i'm not gonna sit and think about this on my own time because in past bachelorettes they've been confronted by other men in the house and they've you know said, hey, look, this dude, I'm not getting a good vibe. And instead of confronting them, they get in their head. They're like, I'm going to make my own decisions. But it's like, no, if someone's coming to you saying it's worth a conversation, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So bringing this all back, like Michelle did exactly that. She got the information. It didn't sit well with her. And especially in the juxtaposition or the contrast of what she was already starting to feel for Ryan versus bad news. And she was like, I'm not going to sit on this. I'm not going to let it marinate. I'm going to go get his side of the story immediately. I also love that she was like, okay, well, if these notes are in this building, let's 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 go go find them. Take me to the notes. Um, And then I, (laughs) oh, I was just going to say, I love that her teacher side came out when she was reading the paper. (laughs) She was like, no, 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 don't talk to me right now. (laughs) A very useful skill in that moment when you have like someone doing a lot of this. That's actually really interesting because like, especially when it comes to manipulation. Um, If someone's trying to manipulate you, trust me, they are going to want to take up the space with their own words. So exactly. Smoke and mirrors. mirrors. So that, so um, just for a little bit of context, if anyone didn't watch this, the notes on Ryan's pages included like helpful tips that he'd been collecting after, I guess, consulting with friends and watching the show to, figure out how to get more airtime, how to stay preserved on the show. Interesting facts about Michelle. I wouldn't have been so concerned about interesting facts about Michelle, which like, if you have to take really like serious notes, then you must not feel super confident about your ability to just connect and to build an organic connection. So that already sort of is like a red flag because I know that if I went on a date with someone that had like notes because they Googled me because they're like, I heard that you're a Libra. So I learned all these things about being a Libra. I'd be like, oh my God, your energy already is making me feel very limp dick. Right. Yeah. So, um, I did write down a direct quote that he kind of had like a little self slip moment in his confessional. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it. And his, his exact words were, I'm not trying to do anything for the right reasons. What does that mean? He literally said that. What does that mean? He's well, if we take the not out, it's I'm trying to do anything for the right reasons, Mm. right? I'm trying to do everything, but he says, I'm Not. not trying to do anything. So I just thought it was really interesting verbiage and like, it's one of those things like in the panic, you reveal yourself. You know what I mean? Like he was, he knew he was on the verge of getting caught by the way, who the F wrote these notes. Cause if it wasn't him, like they clearly have a mole or something. Mm. Cause they are in depth, like mm-hmm. common phrases that are said every episode or every season. Like it's in 
death. Yeah. And so I'm just like, where did that come from? But yeah. clearly he knew he was like in the hot seat. She was not okay with what she was seeing. And in his haste to try and make up or, you know, have himself look like he's a, a good dude, he said that statement, which Jordan and I were both like, oh, that didn't come out the way you wanted it to. <laughs> no. I have a question for you on your opinion. Now, granted, we don't have yeah. we don't have all of the details about this particular person, Ryan. Um, right. There's a lot of information that we don't have about him. So I'm careful not to make, like, a really harsh judgment. But Agreed. observing the behavior alone. Do you suspect, does this bring any, does this meet any criteria of narcissistic or sociopathic behaviors, qualities? I'm prepared for the answer to be no. Um, I don't think I've seen enough yet mm -hmm. to be able to confidently say, I will say there's another person who does strike me on that. <gasps> and I don't know his name, but it was creepy salad guy. The guy who like in the, had his in head. the dinner table. Okay, I have a lot of th thoughts about dinner table guy, and his his yeah, name he... his name is Rick. And my note on him was glad to see her put the lid back on him. Yes. Oh <laughs> my was god, that's freaking hilarious. Annoying. I have a lot of thoughts yeah. about Rick, but I, I but we'll get we'll get there. What what were you so okay? So there was someone that's the person that you felt like was edging. Yeah. But this guy, yeah. not so much. Ryan, I, I, I haven't seen enough yet. Like, and he got sent home. So, right? so like, him. it doesn't even matter in the, in the men, which or in the end, which is fine. But like, I don't have enough. Um, I feel like that could be stemming from a deep insecurity and lack of self-trust and ability to connect with people. Like you said, like totally. it could be stemming from there. Totally. Um, regardless, I, so like to slap a late label on, like, is it, is it sociopath sociopathic or narcissistic tendencies? Um, I don't feel confident enough in my own knowledge of what I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to say like stamp of approval, approval in that yeah, area. You yeah. know what I mean? It's more, it's more for me. Um, the salad guy, definitely, which we can talk about because there was some body language and some stuff that like came up where I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. creepy. Um, but with him, like I can tell you this, He's not in the right place to be looking for love. I can say yeah. that with the utmost confidence. Yeah, like, I like that. He, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, like he, whether it's deep insecurities or his own wounds, or it is some kind of something on some personality spectrum, fine. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad Michelle sent him home. I think it was a boss babe move. Totally. And good for yeah, her. Yeah, I'm really glad that she, I don't know what the, um, conversations with the producers may have been during this time, but I'm glad that she didn't keep him for the sake of like, quote, good television yes. end quote. You know what I mean? Villainry. Yeah. Because honestly I had enough as soon as he stepped out without ice cream, I was done with, <laughs> I was done with him. He, I would, yes. I would like to sum up and maybe officially diagnose him as a try hard. Oh, I like it. So, um, if anyone is listening and, and wants to just to seduce Brianna, uh, ice cream, apparently ice cream, is, or at is least one like, of the ways. don't tease me. Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't bring me to like an ice cream truck and be like, Oh, look, an ice cream truck. And then have us keep walking. Yeah. If we're not, if I'm not going to get a Choco Taco, this relationship is done. That's yes, how I, feel. I love Choco Tacos. Me too, bitch. Mm. Me too. Choco Tacos are a good choice. All right, let's talk um, about also, salad. Oh, what were you going to say? Yeah, we we will talk about Salad Guy, but can we just pause for a second? Because yeah. I've stayed away from so many spoilers that I didn't fucking realize that this show is being filmed, at least this beginning stage, 30 minutes from where I live. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's in it's, Palm Springs. It's Yeah, it's in Indian Wells, which is my back door wow. and um jordan and i uh, are debating like uh you know keeping track of what dates they do at the resort and going and like recreating them ourselves oh my God, just cute, but in like a less cringe <laughs> way because a lot of these of course yeah yeah but <laughs> also also maybe not super cringe maybe we'll play it up and just make a tiktok out of it because i think that would be kind of hilarious anything for content I don't know. we'll see <laughs> anything <laughs> Good I'm content. learning from your mother. Oh, 
the content queen. And she's learning from you. There's a mutual exchange of education and information. Um, Speaking of my mom, speaking of my mom, we uh, were watching this episode together and I had even corralled my dad into watching this episode for at least the first 45 minutes. Um, Now they both expressed disdain, but they did both very much get into it because my dad said that Apple guy is like cheesy as hell. Basically, um, <laughs> there was a guy who showed up in, in like an apple. Basically, there were a lot of dudes who were trying to yeah. do like student teacher bits. And some of them were sexy yeah. and some of them flopped super hard. Yeah. Okay. Before we talk about salad guys, like red flags, yes. um, do you have any favorites so far? Like, oh. is there anyone where you're like, ooh, you're yes. cool? Um, I'll tell you my favorites now. I think later on we should get into like honorable mentions. That people, people oh, that we okay. liked, but like, we didn't really get to know yeah. right now. Nate is, is my top. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Nate, Nate, I, I liked immediately, but I think I was just like personally already really attracted to him. I was like, you're cute as fuck. I'm going to find a lot of things that you do very attractive. And I might try to defend you if anyone gets says anything weird about you yeah. or if you do anything weird. But then he, yeah. he, Nate ended up getting the first impression rose and I was like, yeah, he gets mine too. Wow. I'm the polar opposite. He gave me weird vibes. Mm, so this okay. is going to be, I'm fascinated. This is why we're doing this guys. Yeah. Okay. Like it's so interesting to me how we all perceive people differently yeah. and like what we pick up on and all those things. Yeah. So like, Oh, I'm so excited to see how this season progresses and like our viewpoints on him. Yeah. A, a little bit of context. I am not, I have not had a great track record of noticing and taking in red flags. So this could be right on par for me and my history. Oh, I have notes on him so we can, <laughs> okay. we want, Wait, we can yeah, let's get that. into it. Let's, uh, before we move on to your, your topic, let's, let's, the salad guy. No, no, no. Let's di- let's dive into Nate. Let, what's wrong with him? Tell me. I don't. I mean, I don't want to know, but I want to know. I um like I'm literally having to scan through my. So I <laughs> literally have it in here. How do you feel about Nate, Brianna? I have it in here to ask you. Um, okay, because yeah, <laughs> I will say he has pretty eyes. Gorgeous. Okay? But um, I, he gave me like weird vibes. I'm not sure if it's his nerves, which I also put in my notes. Yeah. Um, but he, I felt like his words were really loft, uh, lofty mm-hmm. and not, um, clear. Like I have a quote yeah. in here from him. Like it says at one point he said like together, this togetherness, and it just felt like a lot of mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. And so here's my thing. And like, we'll also unpack this with Ryan. And I know you saw this with Thomas on Katie season. Mm-hmm. Cause we kind of talked about how his words aren't making much yeah. sense. Like when you really pick them apart, mm-hmm. it's just everything they want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. It gives you the warm fuzzies, but there's no real totally. um, value in yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got that initial vibe with Nate, but however, I do think it's really important to um, admit that it's the first night. It's the first night he's meeting this yeah. girl. It's the first night he's meeting all these guys. So do I think that people um, can, you know, self-sabotage isn't the right word, but their nerves can alter the way that they show up and the way that they communicate. The answer you know? is yes, absolutely. I, I totally yeah. believe that. Uh, you know, his words didn't make any sense. I wonder if he's just a little bit stupid. <laughs> I don't know. He could just we be don't know. sort of a big, gorgeous dummy. He could. We're going to find out. But, and I... We're going to find out, you know, time will tell. And I think that's, and the other thing, and I know you and I have talked about this, but guys, we got to be really honest here with this series is the producers know who wins already. The producers know, and editors really is what I should be saying. Producers and editors know who wins. They know who comes across as the villain and gets sent home early. Like they know all of that. So from the beginning in their editing, they're already positioning the the material we see to give us that storyline mm-hmm. that plot line they're laying out the quote-unquote characters of the season for us from the get-go mm-hmm. and so you know brianna and i are going to give you all of the things that we see 
but we have to also make the disclaimer that we see 20 hours total yeah. of these people. And it's very about... carefully, carefully curated. Exactly. And so, you know, any, again, this is a very, like, in for lack of a better way to put it, a black and white, this is the information I'm receiving, this is what I think of it. Um, but at no, like, there's not going to be a point where either you or I say without a shadow of a doubt, you know, guaranteed this person is diagnosable right. and this person isn't. Yeah, you know? because I don't they, think they have, they have could marketers and editors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Moving things. I, having that been said, and I really appreciate that disclaimer because it's television magic, which is again, uh, sort of what inspired us to make this podcast because the television magic is what's sort of poorly informed what we think is real love and connection. Um, and mm, that's what we're yeah. trying to like help people and <laughs> ourselves tease out as we actually navigate the real yeah. world. But, um, sort of to your point about Nate, when you're noticing that he's saying a lot of the quote, right things, you know, that will become evident in the other televised conversations that we see him have with Michelle. Um, it right. will become very clear, at least to us very quickly, if he is just doing a lot of lip service. Yeah. And although I do have this thought, well, the lip services can a lot of times be like a really indicative sign of manipulation, or at least just like trying to get people to do just what they want to do for their own selfish needs, like feeling validated right. and loved and keeping people around, which I guess is just a longer form of way of saying manipulation. Yeah. But I do wonder, I do think that it's not, good. it's not good. I do think that some people struggle with like taking in the feedback from their partner that says, I hear that you're saying all of these nice things, but I need you to show me. I think that people mm. do really struggle with that, that aren't intentionally trying to like manipulate. Do you have thoughts? Oh yeah. I actually, there's a whole argument going down on a TikTok of mine right now about that exact thing, because mm. I was saying like, there's a difference between knowing your partner loves you and feeling like your partner loves you. And I have so many comments uh, and just to give you a full insight into how this breaks down is like the end of that TikTok says, if that's you make the request, I would feel more loved if you could do, you know, A, B or C, you know? Mm. And so many people are like, so I have to ask someone to love me for the rest of my life <laughs> or I, I shouldn't have to communicate it. They should just know. And this is a huge myth guys that I have been trying to break because the reality is no single person, no two people, sorry, no two people on this planet love the same way yeah. or receive love the same way, mm -hmm. right? Give love and receive love. And so I know we, we touched on this early uh, in our first episode or maybe our second, but a great example is my relationship with Jordan. Like mm -hmm. Jordan is a physically affectionate man and I am not, I am like, I am a girl who did not grow up with a lot of physical affection. And mm -hmm. so it doesn't come naturally to think about, right? To initiate or anything. And so Jordan, you know, we've had that talk at least twice in our relationship, probably way more than that, but two times I can think of it off the top of my head where he has to lovingly give me that reminder, Hey baby, I need more cuddles or like, you know, can you initiate more? And so the reality is that we cannot assume that our partners know how we want to receive love right. and we need to advocate for ourselves. We have right. to do. Right. It is a healthy thing to do. Right. If you're not advocating for your desires and needs, that is what leads to toxic dynamics, right. unhealthy resentment. Dynamics. And, and I do think that there's a level of responsibility that you as the person who feels like you haven't received the love that you feel that you deserve in the way that you would like it. You have to take some responsibilities. The fact that you didn't share any of that with that person. And you can, right. you can make judgments on the person who is hearing what it is that you're asking for and what you're looking for. And you're being super clear and you're giving examples and you're being calm when you're trying to express these desires and these needs. Yeah. And if they're still not doing it, you know, that's a, that's a different challenge. and That's a different right. part of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that insight. I needed to hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, salad guy. All right. Let me get to my salad guy notes. Salad guy. While you're pulling up notes, salad guy showed up 
in true spooky fashion, right in time for spooky season, he, mm. at least for it airing in spooky season, he did that old trick. It's so funny. My mom was like, well, that was quite innovative. And I was like, no, it's not. He showed up underneath a table with like a little dinner set and he was underneath like the metal serving tray. Exactly. And yeah. she, this dinner, this like table rolls up, the sweet woman, this poor woman who I hope is getting paid a lot of money, rolls it out to Michelle. And <laughs> Michelle is just like, what do I do? Am I supposed to open it? And she's like, obviously aware that if she's supposed to open it, there's going to be a head underneath. <laughs> she opens up the dinner tray top and reveals Rick. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you know his name because I literally have biggest red flag, creepy salad, mm -hmm. dude. That's what I have mm -hmm. in my notes. Um, and here's uh, when he finally comes out of, first of all, I <laughs> let me go to when he does his intro because Jordan's exact words were like, that guy's going to murder her. <laughs> he was like freaking yeah. out about yeah. his intense eyes. Yes. And he was just like, yeah, Jordan's exact quote was, he's going to eat your face off. I noticed that, too. It was specifically, and it was really because, first of all, Michelle's a previous, she's a former basketball player, so she's yeah, hella she's tall. Yeah, Hella tall. Um, but this guy is now at, like, hip uterus level at this dinner yes. table, and he's looking at her from through, if you can't, if you're listening and not watching this, he's looking at her from, like, top of his eyeballs which is giving OD creepiness. OD creepiness. Oh, so creepy. So creepy. And like the weird smile. It was just, I, it was uncomfortable to say the least. And then his creepiness actually um, progressed because he. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Okay. So when he gets out of his little salad buffet situation and sits on the couch next to her, first of all, He's taller than her, like in heels. So he stands up, and, and this is, I think, a trap that a lot of women follow. I mean, look, I'll be honest here. This was me. If you were, you know, over 6'2 or 6'3, all of my judgment, it was like alcohol. All of my judgments <laughs> went out the do door because I'm a tall woman. Yeah. So immediately I was like, oh, you're taller than me. So my judgment yeah. is like impaired Is he now. cute or is he tall? <laughs> yeah, cute, yeah he exactly. Tall. And so, so that's like the case with him. So the second he got out and he was tall, I got nervous. Cause I was like, mm. if she, if he was her height or shorter, she probably, and this is my own judgment call, but I do, I really think that it impairs a woman's judgment sometimes, especially if you're already a tall woman and it's difficult to find a guy tall. Where is you, the you vaccine know? for the tall, I, the tall, like <laughs> infatuation drug that we are all yeah, under? I, I need the vaccine. I, I will know. take it as soon as it's ready. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not alone, you know? So here's the deal. And I, I wrote really, I felt like detailed notes here. So he gets to the couch with her. And if any, if you've already watched this, I challenge you to go back and watch it mm -hmm. again and pinpoint this stuff. So intense eye contact, holding her singular hand with both of yeah. his hands, squaring the shoulders yeah. off, leaning forward. Words were very clear, very concise and well rehearsed. So it was very intense language very quickly right all saying all of the right things the second he right. could and so for me ladies if you ever meet a man who is sly af right and like slick smooth suave all cunning charming and it's like there's no pause to think about what to say next or there's no um stutter right mm -hmm. there it's just like this well-rehearsed monologue of like i'm really dedicated to this process and i can't wait to get to know you on a deeper more intimate level mm -hmm. i'm here for the right reasons like and that all very quickly creates a false sense of intimacy yeah. mm -hmm. right and so it was just like blaring alarms for me in that snippet right. And it's the kind of interaction that even if you have a funny feeling about it and you go talk to your friends afterwards and you're like, he told me that he like really wants a relationship. And he told me that like, he like is so serious about me. Your friends are likely, unless they're like your OGs and they trained. Yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> trained or they're, they're your OGs. And they also maybe have a difficulty trusting men. They're, they're going to be like, what's the problem? He's saying like all of these really nice things. What's the issue you're complaining about? What? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it, that's why it's so tricky and it's why you got to be so 
um, cognizant of that body language that you're talking about because it's manipulative. Yeah. It is. You've got to pay attention. And like, this is why with my content, I, I say this a lot, like you've got to stop dating on autopilot. You've got to be your own private investigator, right? Mm -hmm. Look for the physical evidence before you get emotionally invested. Because mm -hmm. as we've both said, and the biggest thing that we can take away from this first episode is time will tell and pay attention to someone's consistent behaviors over the words that they say, mm, right? Mm -hmm. Like those are the biggest things. Time will tell, you know, like obviously I, I will say this guy, what's his name? Rick. What's creepy sound? Rick. His name? Rick, which is so sad. Cause you know, it reminds me of Rick and Morty. I know. And I, mean, I'm, I'm, I love Rick and Morty <laughs> though. Like Rick also I know, racks up me his own, too. <laughs> Rick racks up his own douchebag points and uh, his own right. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, bummer. But anyway, this Rick guy, like time will tell. I, I, I feel like time will confirm what I say. I can say that mm -hmm. I, in, at this very moment, I do feel like I have a good guess that mm, that's a guy to watch. The, right? the reason why I also felt exactly how you felt and I missed it earlier at first. Oh my God. I was sorry. My dogs. I was susceptible to no. the same talk. I think I'm telling you, I need drugs to cure me. <laughs> um, because I was like the cal the salad thing was, uh, <laughs> the salad thing was just cringy. I was like, this is so lame. So cringe. So lame. And then when he finally got out, I was like, oh, you're cute. You're pretty handsome. That's interesting. Let's find out more about you. All of a sudden I was intrigued. And, but the, the moment where things turned for me again is the obsessive, uh, language that he was using in his interviews. So now he's met her, mm. but they like, he's having his like one-on-one -on -one interviews with the producers. And he's just like yeah. talking about how he's going to feel if he doesn't get a rose. I'm going to be so upset. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he's like, I'm going to be so upset and I don't know what I'm going to do and yada, yada, yada. So I mean, I'm thinking two thoughts, either this is all bullshit and you're just mm -hmm. trying to fill in again, what you think is appropriate feelings and language assigned to this p particular situation and you being in this situation or you're obsessive and like jordan says you're gonna eat her face yeah you might eat her face oh my god well we'll see yeah. the season will shed um, as my light. mom says he got a flower <laughs> she goes <laughs> she did. was like she went <laughs> um my mom's never mm. watched the bachelor or bachelorette before in her entire life and, but we're watching the rose ceremony. She goes, so who's going to get the flower? Yeah. That's so adorable. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. Who's going to oh, get the flower? Lynn. And I'm like, yeah, they're wrong. flowers. They're roses. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a few other funny things that I want to bring up that are a little uh, more lighthearted, but before I do, I just want to give Michelle a little trophy moment of yeah. how, you know, when she was sending Ryan home her quotes at the end, because of course, once she made her decision, he started to try and backpedal and be like, can you give me another chance? Can you this? And she said, no, I'm choosing to listen to the red flags that I'm mm -hmm. getting. Like mm -hmm. she literally, she stood up for herself. She again, respectful, but stern. And then when he tried to convince her more, she said, again, my decision is made. Okay. Right. And ladies take that and, and let it permeate your body or mind or soul, <laughs> because that is a beautiful, just even if you have a, I'm a big proponent of having certain phrases tucked away so mm. that in the moment when you need to reach for them, it's like you don't, because those panicky stress hormones that come on when you're having these scary conversations or that are very uncomfortable, you know, your brain kind of short circuits mm -hmm. and it makes it harder for you to find your words. Mm -hmm. And so having a few phrases like this, like, again, my decision is made, you know, this isn't what I'm looking for. Or again, you know, I, I really enjoyed meeting you, but at this point I don't feel it's, it's in my best interest to continue, right. you know, whatever phrases you want to formulate or, or create and have tucked away, do it Is because it. Michelle in the moment was just such a great example of like, I'm here. I'm going to remain authentic. She gives a whole authenticity speech. You yeah. know, I'm, I just, 
I'm so proud of her. Like, she is killing it I want to give her another trophy, something we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. The situation with Joe. Which situation Joe? Joe is... Oh, Joe! Yes, the guy from... First of all, Joe. Yes. Objectively, for me, hottest dude in this lineup. Beautiful eyes. Best eyes. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Joe. Joe. I need a Joe vaccine as well. He's hot. (laughs) This is one to watch out for because he is hot. So the backstory, my mom was confused because she doesn't understand like, um, like Instagram dating that like, yeah, before she understands DMing, but not in like the dating kind of way that obviously like she's hearing that they've been talking and she's like, did they date? And I'm like, no, they didn't. They weren't even close to dating. They were chatting. They were messaging back and forth. They both are, they both are from Minneapolis. They're messaging back Mm -hmm. and forth. I don't know who initiated that. I don't know who knew about who first, but they obviously found each other attractive, which is no secret. They're both gorgeous. They do look very well suited. <laughs> and yeah, um, she said that they were messaging and then he ghosted her. He fell off the face right. of the earth. He never answered her ever again. She probably left that and just like kept it moving. So when she saw him, she recognized him. She realized he was familiar when he like came out of the limo then on his way to the building, he, right. <laughs> he uh, she calls out his name because she like remembers his full government name. Name, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he <laughs> confirms, and then oh, they're in the cocktail hour, and she pulls him, and she sits him down, and I didn't know that she was gonna do this. I just thought that she was so going to be proud. like, wow, this is so interesting that you're here. Yada, yada, yada. I'm so excited to see you. And mm-hmm. I, this is, these are, I thought that she was going to be like, these are all the reasons why I thought that you were attractive when we were chatting. But instead she right. was like, yeah, some messages. Why'd you ghost me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she said, I, I guess you forgot to hit send on a couple of those messages once we were talking. And he gave yeah. this, I don't want to call it bullshit excuse because I, I really am not the, I'm not the one to make that call. But what he responded with was, you know, this is obviously right before George Floyd's death, um, murder. And he was like, there was a lot going on. I had a really hard time. I wasn't in a place where I was looking for a relationship, so on and so forth. Valid reasons to feel distracted and not like using your phone for um, dating purposes. And she replied in the most graceful amazing way. I couldn't even um, imagine handling this in a more mature fashion and in a way that honored herself as well. Um, but she, she was like, listen, this is her speaking as a woman of color. Like you don't need to tell me how Mm -hmm. impactful that was. And as a, as a resident of Minneapolis, like you don't need to tell me how, how impactful that was like that. Obviously that was huge. Yeah. I didn't need you to be in a relationship to be able to let me know that now was not a good time to even just keep chatting. You know, she, she held that down so hard. She was so graceful. He was like, she was like that communication red flag is big for me. And he acknowledged that he says he's in therapy and she was like, I see you. I'm, I, I'm, I'm holding space to validate the fact that you're doing, you're making these efforts to work on this, thing for yourself as you tell me that I'm choosing to believe you and I'm still not going to let you just get off that easy for me with me. Yeah. 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 It was another badass babe move because again, ladies, something that made her feel uncomfortable, right? The ghosting. She did not like Brianna said, she did not ignore it and try and think like, okay, well, let's move on and be present. Like that happened in the past. No, she confronted it because it, it didn't sit well with her. She wanted to hear his side of the story. When he approached her with that side of the story, she validated him and still stood up yeah. for herself. Right. Like she even said, like, I'm not sure about this in this moment, but like, let's see how it goes. Like, let's take some time. And he ended up getting a rose. Great. You know, but like, she, clearly there was enough of a connection, but there. she put, she made him work for it. She, he was yeah. the last rose. He didn't know if he was going to get one. He had no idea where Mm-mm. he stood after that conversation was had. And she did Mm-mm. not make it easy for him to feel secure. My feeling is that once he did realize that he did get a rose, he was like feeling grateful instead of cocky. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And, and, and that's, again, just such a beautiful demonstration of how to speak your truth, remain respectful, and not um, be manipulated or convinced that mm. something isn't a big deal. Because mm-hmm. what matters is it was a big deal to her. Mm-hmm. And her, her being able to confront that and be very clear with him at the same time, still being like, she said something like you're a black man in therapy talking about that on national television. That is huge. Like yeah. she was like, so freaking, yeah. you know, pumped. She validated him. that. But, she validated um, that in a, in a really important way um, without right. questioning and, it. Yeah. And without making her point mm-hmm. less important, Exactly, you know? And so, beautiful job celebratory moment woo woo get it girl yeah i did have a thought when when we were getting to know that backstory which was Mm -hmm. my my initial thought before they had their one-on-one conversation about it my first thought was okay so you obviously know her you yeah you stopped messaging her it would have been a hell of a lot easier to just keep messaging her but now you're here so why are you here? Yeah. Because that didn't send the yeah. message to me of like, this is you making an effort to like be in Michelle's life because this, you didn't get your shot. No, you had your shot. You didn't. Yeah, a very, <laughs> you were the only one. Now you're up against 29 other men or however many other men. Yeah. It just made, it just sort of gave me like a little bit of weariness where I was sort of thinking like, are you here for the perks that come with being on the show? Agreed. And again, time will reveal all the secrets. Makes for great television though. Hot damn. So great. Okay. Ready for this question that I have for you? Yeah. What's your opinion on banana hammocks? (gasps) I find them offensive. I find them offensive depending on the context. If we're in Europe and we're on a beach, live your truth. That's, that's so normal and so appropriate. Literally what I wrote. Yeah. It's context. Context is everything. What did I write about? Um, oh, I called him LT with the Speedo Tuxedo. Yeah. He, that offended me. I don't want to see your gonads. I don't want to see the shape of your gonads in a public setting, especially when you're all business and cocktail attire up top. That is weird. Especially when I don't know your first name yet. Like... Pump the, pump the brakes. Yeah, okay? it's, no, it's no for me, dog. How did he get a rose? That's my concern. I don't know. I don't recall them having a combo, yeah, we didn't get to but see maybe it. they we did. Didn't get to see it. Maybe they did, and it was, you know, he has some charm. I don't yeah. know. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to hit on other than the fact that can we just take a, a moment and say how Michelle's parents are adorable hashtag couple goals yeah they're adorable i love them i love them yeah so wholesome so cute so love honest her so, yep honest and they love her so yeah. much yeah and they and i and she knows it because like she even said that like i had a beautiful demonstration of what a healthy relationship looks like which is why she can show up on the bachelorette the way she can yeah. you know and that's what all of us are aiming to kind of integrate into our love lives but it's just like i wanted to make a point in pointing out the their beautiful relationship because i think a lot of us are uh especially in our generation and even the generation behind us you know younger than us Mm -hmm. but there is such a jadedness around long-term monogamy and it's possible right with the right skill set with the right person it's possible and i think they are a beautiful example of that and so if anyone needs that feeling of hope and inspiration yeah. watch watch their interactions and how they talk to each other about each other and yeah, to their child it's like it's so beautiful it's really nice. i relate yeah. to that actually not that i see too many similarities in her parents with my parents but my parents have been together since i know like their their youth um and i've had that model in my life for a really long time and mm-hmm. it's it, it really does set up a standard. It's like, no, I'm at least for me, the standard that I have is like our, my relationship needs to be founded on a partnership and a friendship because that's yeah. what they are. My mom's like, that's my best friend. That's my homie. She doesn't call him her yeah. homie, but I know that that's her homie. 
you know? Yeah. And that's all. I don't, I don't know if like having a really strong, like model of love in your family makes it difficult for everyone to find a, like a satisfying connection, but it has been hard for me mm. in that way because I really am not interested for in settling for a lot less. Yeah, but that's a beautiful thing to have. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer that just as much as you're looking for your person, your person's looking for you. So it's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time and open available to receive in that that's moment, right. you know? I really believe yeah. that. I'm not worried about you. It's just no, me neither. Time. I got... And then we're going to party hard. Oh, at my wedding? <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Or are we just, just going to party once I've found someone that's like worthy <laughs> why not as jordan would say porque no los dos <laughs> um, that's cute which is poor spanish for why not both yeah um the other thing i would i do want to say about your parents super fast is when jordan and i were hanging out with y'all just a couple weeks ago jordan was talking to i believe it was your mom mm -hmm. and um about their her relationship with your father and all of that and she said to him you know we really just talk about everything yeah. like we really do we just talk about everything and um jordan shared that with me later at our hotel because he was like it reminded me of us because mm -hmm. jordan and i talk about everything everything <laughs> doesn't mean our relationship's perfect. Yeah. You know, like we have our own set of growing pains as every couple mm -hmm. does, but I really agree with you that at the end of the day, what, what makes a relationship go the distance is that solid friendship and the ability to have every kind of conversation in the book. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And to bring yeah. it full circle definitely feels like a huge weighted value that Michelle has in, in this process mm -hmm. that she's looking for right now. Um, and while yeah. I know, listen, I was a, I was a hater for a long time, you know, on the, on the series, but like, say what you want. Like, yeah, it, it, they're stage moments. It's carefully curated, it's mm -hmm. carefully edited. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is that when you really get to the end of the process, the, the people who are still there are genuinely looking for a connection and no matter what brought yeah. them there or what like silly things happened uh, along the way that was just like in there for laughs and entertainment or drama and entertainment. Yeah. Like these individuals are nine times out of 10 really seeking connection and long-term yeah. relationships. And yeah. it's nice. It is nice. Yeah. They tend to weed out the villains by the end. And I, you know, I hate that word, but they very much look like villains for the way that the editors and producers decide yeah. to portray them. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I want to. All right, girl. I want to give one honorable mention before we leave. Yes. Pardeep. Honorable mention. Pardeep. Oh, yes. What, Tell me. What a friggin' cutie. He's such a cutie. He's like, oh, he was just so sweet. And we got to see absolutely none of him. But I wrote him down in my notes because I was like, Pardeep, one to watch. Pardeep, I hope you get your moment. I really do. I'm really excited Abs to see more of him. Yeah. Freaking cutie. Yeah. 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 Jordan said the same thing. Like he seems like a really solid dude. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I, I also want to say that the unfortunate thing about this show is I think it really pinpoints or spotlights the villain types first and because the gems tend to come out later, right? When the, when this relationship's really blossoming. And so I do feel like in the early stages, the ones that are going to cause the drama are the ones we meet. Yes, yeah, true. So, yeah. Um, okay, Reddit question. <gasps> Let's go. Okay, so first of all, there's a subreddit called Female Dating Strategy, and some of the stuff in this subreddit is fucking hilarious. Okay, quick pause. <laughs> in my early introduction into Reddit, I am obsessed. It's Isn't it fascinating? It's the most, well, also being able to, like, facilitate a platform to, like, talk about it and talk about people's questions is just the most fun in the entire world. So we're going to continue to pull things from Reddit until you start submitting questions, looking for feedback on our website, which is ditchthescriptpod.com. Please yeah. share your, share yeah. your dilemmas. Uh, we're credible. That's all I got to say. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we'd be happy to like give you an answer to whatever's going on in your life. And if you want us to read it anonymously, like put it in the message, we'll happily read it anonymously without shouting out a name. You yeah. Know? The beautiful thing about Reddit is it's an anonymous platform. So this question comes from, although I feel like this person put their name in their handle, um, Taylor232424. Taylor2324. Two four. There's two two fours. Yeah. Okay, Taylor two three two four two four. <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure I get their and name. Her, <laughs> yeah, you know. Her question is how do you feel when people say a man needs to feel needed? Mm. Mm -hmm. How do you feel when a man says he needs to feel, when people oh, say when people say a man feels oh she's saying needs to feel sorry, needed i don't want to i don't want to generalize but taylor 232424 is saying <laughs> when people generalize about men being needing to be needed um yeah i think that that's true for a lot of men and where i get that information from is the fact that uh, gender roles have set up that expectation for many, many, many years. That doesn't necessarily mean mm. that it's true in all, um, like interpersonal relationships. I, mm -hmm. I have lots of different examples of men who are in loving, committed, successful relationships that their egos and self-esteem is not built on the fact that they are needed to do shit. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like because uh, she kind of goes on to say, and for the sake of time for our show, I'm not reading like all of the. Um, you read the T. Part, you read the TLDR. Like, the question. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I read the main question. You know, I left the extra part out. Mm -hmm. But she goes in to say, like, you know, I'm fiercely independent. Like, I don't need a man to take care of me. But you know, I keep being told by girlfriends as well as partners that like, if you can do everything, then why am I even here? Oh. And I, I, I will say this. Okay, that. I think being an independent person is a badass quality. I think it's something that we should be. I think everyone should be aiming to be able to be the best version of their their selves as an individual, yes. right? Like maintaining my own needs, yes. you know, making sure that I'm managing my own triggers and all of that. And like, I have my own life. If I needed to be financially independent, I could like, I think all of that is beautiful. Yes. And at the same time, I think the reality of romantic relationships is both partners want to feel wanted. Mm. So I, th I think it depends on when you hear someone say, I want to feel needed. You need to ask in what way, you know, yeah. what are you really looking for with those words? Cause I don't think everyone defines it the same way, yes. but I do think that both parties like, because if you're in a relationship with someone where you're both so fiercely independent that there's no, um, intimacy or reliance on your other person in some way, you know, like for example, Jordan's relying on me to take care of him right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I need to take him to his appointments. I need to make sure he gets his drugs. I need to make sure he's comfortable. You know what I mean? So that he yeah. can function, but that's not the entirety of our relationship. He's usually a pretty independent dude, mm -hmm. but he still wants to feel wanted by me. You know, can yeah. you do this for me? Yeah. He wants to feel useful. Yeah. He wants to feel that he has access to me that others don't have yes. access yes. to. Right. That's such an important point. Who is name one single person who doesn't actually need anything from anyone else. Right. It doesn't exist because right. a lot of times when we get into that fierce independence mode, which I, I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience, I've lived a lot of my life not being in a partnership. So I've come to this place of like, I don't need anyone. I do everything <laughs> that I need to do for myself. Yada, yada, yada. Obviously there's some asterisks in there, but like, yeah. but when it comes down to it, that, that becomes sort of a defense mechanism because Agreed. the fear of actually needing someone and maybe not having those needs be met in the way that I want them to be is scary. So yeah. When, if we can look at ourselves really earnestly and check in and be like, mm -hmm. is, is that actually true? Can I meet every single one of my needs? Is there nowhere in this, in my personal experience that I can't let a person that I choose to have, like you say that, like 
exclusive access to me because they're my chosen partner, not to have any part in my life. I can't let them take on some responsibility with me to help lighten my load just a little bit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's what builds that emotional and physical intimacy. Honestly, it starts there because just because you can do everything doesn't mean you need to do everything all the time, you know, and having that reciprocity and that push pull dynamic within a relationship is really what creates that trust and that foundation. So there you go. Taylor two, three, two, four, two, four. Taylor two, three, two, four. We got you. I really hope that you are listening. (laughs) Yeah. In this, you in this niche podcast. <laughs> yes. All righty, gal. Well, that's it for this week. Do you have any other things you want to say before we sign off? I'm so excited for the rest of Michelle's season. I'm so Me too. excited to continue to do this with you. This is so much fun. I'm having the best yeah. time. Even it's like, we're both working really hard to like, like put, put this place put this podcast in the ears of like other people and it's a lot and we're both managing our own stuff. And I really think that you and I are showing up for each other and we're showing up for the people who are now excited about this podcast with us. And I'm just like, so happy to be here. So fun. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm super stoked. This is going to be a great season of bachelorette for Michelle and And for for us. us. For us. Um, all right. With that being said, before we sign off, just want to say, like Bree said, if you have any questions you want to submit so we can answer them, visit our website at ditchthescriptpod.com. Also, give us a follow on the gram at ditchthescriptpod. And our TikTok. Um, just, and our TikTok at ditchthescriptpod, too. And like and comment and spam us with all of your love and support because we appreciate it so much. Yeah, we really yeah. do. Love you. Yeah. Love you guys, and make sure to leave a review or share this episode if you enjoyed it thoroughly. See you on the next one. Bye.